following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! I mean, you figured when you first started laying out the rundown of the show here that um, the fact that Chase Young was back at practice today for the first time and everybody was pretty excited about that, you figured that, that'd be a pretty big story this week. You figured Kirk Cousins coming back to FedEx for the first time would be a eh, pretty big story this week, right? And then, of course, you wake up today. And those two storylines after the morning bombshell amount to exactly... Zero point zero. <laughs> yes, indeed. It does. If you haven't heard it yet, and if you haven't, you've been on a, either a, a serious bender and you've been blacked out, uh, or uh, uh, you're our good friend Chad Ryan in Melbourne, Australia, and, and just literally haven't woken up yet. So, um, the Snyders put out a statement saying that, yeah, um, they are, they have hired Bank of America Securities in order to explore any and all transactions related to a sale, either of the team as a whole or in part. Uh, and I think it's more wishful thinking, more than just wishful thinking that it's the whole thing. A lot of people are trying to stress some, you know, caution and saying, you know, well, you know, pull back the stakes. You can make an argument for him selling just a piece of the team. And that argument is pretty easy. <coughs> uh, the argument is he gets a couple of billion dollars from somebody and he's got the money all of a sudden to build a stadium. And then all of the objections from the NFL owners go away. Uh, I don't think that's uh I don't think that's what's going on. Our good friend A.J. Perez of uh, frontofficesports.com, who I, I think next week we'll get him on after the dust kind of settles on this, uh, he tweeted out early on Wednesday this, from what I'm hearing, Snyder can't unring this bell. While the statement didn't say he'd sell a majority stake, the inertia has started. No insight yet on the timing of all of this. My, dose, my sources don't see how he can just sell a chunk. This isn't a money issue for Snyder either. So there you have it. Um, here is why I will give you my reasonings as to why he is not selling a minority share that I think he's selling the whole thing. Number one, a minority share means you have absolutely no say in what happens with the team, a la Robert Rothman and uh, uh, Dwight Sharp. Uh, those two guys, remember, accused Dan Snyder of not paying them their dividends, uh, basically cheating them out of money. So that being the case, if you're a billionaire who wants to own a piece of a football team, why do you go into business with Dan Snyder? 
you also have the fact that um, the PR hit you would take on giving someone who has been accused of sexual harassment, fostering this awful culture in the front office, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, a couple of billion dollars to build himself a stadium to make more money. And uh, third is that you've got to get approval. Dan Snyder would have to get approval of 24 of uh, 31 other owners in order to share that major- minority stake. Yeah, that's right. The finance, the NFL Finance Committee would have to approve this. What do you think the odds are on 24 of 31 owners um, voting for uh, giving him a major- uh, letting him sell just a minority stake in the team? Slim and none. Oh, but you say, well, Snyder would drag him into court. What, what kind of a um, what kind of a case does Dan Snyder have if they um, if they prevent a sell of just some shares of the team? Uh, I mean, you know, isn't he making money? Yeah, hasn't the team increased in value? Yeah, where where is the damage to him? I, I don't think he can make that case in court. Uh, I also think he's selling the entire thing, not just because of what Jim Ursay said and, you know, the leaks we've heard about Jerry Jones. But I don't think he has a choice in the matter. You know, as as A.J. said, the inertia has started. Um, If that was the plan to um, sell a minority stake, build a stadium, et cetera, et cetera, I, I think the organization lost the narrative on that by about, one or two o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, November 2nd. Uh, Also remember that, well, as Adam Schefter, uh, I guess, tweeted earlier today, um, he, you know, doesn't need the money. He does need a new stadium. And I don't think uh, he can't get it built, not just without public money, he couldn't get it built if he wanted to do it himself. And it's not because he doesn't have – well, it is because he doesn't have money. I mean, when – the way I look at a stadium, you have an asset known as the Washington Commanders that is conservatively valued at about $4.5 billion, probably get six – it'll probably get six on the open market. You go to a bank – Say I want to borrow two billion dollars for state to build a new stadium, which is then going to increase the value of this asset from say four and a half billion to oh six or seven billion dollars. And banks, in an ordinary circumstance, would lend an owner the money, probably without even filling out the requisite paperwork. He could, a typical NFL owner could probably get that money easier than you and I could get a home equity loan to do a kitchen renovation. Of course, the public relations blowback on that with Dan Snyder, I think, makes it so toxic that he can't. He cannot even get a bank to loan him money to build a stadium. And because of that, I think he's selling the whole thing. Uh, It will play out over several months, um, but this could be it, folks. This really could be it. As I said, we'll we'll try to get uh, AJ Perez uh, on the show next week. I'm sure he's going to break something on this between now and game day. Um, and that, as they say, is that. By the way, the NFL owners' next finance committee hearing uh, meeting is in March at the league meetings next year. 
My guess is that is when you're actually going to see a sale of the Washington Commanders finalized. Buckle up. Going to be an interesting few months. Uh, We have to take a break. We also have to talk some hockey on this show. The Washington Capitals are off to a so-so start, but there could be some reason for optimism with that. Optimism that could translate into a deep Stanley Cup run this year. Yeah, I know. Sounds like we always say that. This time we might mean it. We're going to talk with J.J. Reagan of NBC Sports Washington about that when we come back. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey fans, it is finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets. Hey, you like the Caps and Kings coming up this Saturday? You like Ovi to score a goal and creep closer to Gordie Howe? Well, if all that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team's going to win, how many goals are going to be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whatever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 and over, 18 and over, New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, select parishes, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. New customer offer void in New Hampshire, Oregon, or Ontario, Canada. New customers only, one per customer. Valid, minimum $5 deposit, minimum $5 wager. Bet must win. $200 issued as $825 free bets. Free bets are non-cashable and cannot be withdrawn. Free bets must be wagered one time and stake is not included in any returns or winnings. Free bets expire seven days after being awarded. Promotional offer ends 115.23. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Time to bring in J.J. Reagan from NBC Sports Washington. He is their Capitals insider, and he has been kind enough to join us once again to get the state of the team after the first month or so of the season. How you doing, my friend? How was your summer? Summer was good. Had a new kit, so it was busy, but uh, it was great. Congratulations. Mazel tov to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, so we sit here today, a couple of overtime losses, but to some pretty good teams, you know, 500 right now. Um, I don't know. It's my job to be optimistic, and the thing I'm optimistic about with this team is, while maybe they haven't 
had their usual hot start and there's plenty of issues. How about this goaltending? Um, am I nuts or is it kind of keeping a team that is a little bit limited offensively right now in a lot of hockey games? The goaltending has been the greatest strength of this team in the first month, which is quite the contrast from what they had the last few years. So, you know, credit to uh, to the management there for revamping that entire that entire tandem uh, with Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren. Uh, Darcy Kemper, I think, has been very good as the starter. He's been very dependable. He outdueled UC Soros in Nashville, which is no small feat. And I think Charlie Lindgren has been fantastic as the backup. Now, I don't think I'm not sitting here saying that he should challenge Kemper for more starts because I think those are two different jobs being the starter and the backup. But I think overall that has been the greatest strength of this team. And you're right. You know, with all these injuries, with all the uncertainty in the the lineup, the goaltending has kept them in every game so far this season. They are in every game because they have the goaltending between the pipes to keep it close and to get some wins. Yeah, there hasn't been a guy that's been pulled yet, which is a pretty good thing. Um, uh, as we sit here and talk today, you know, Lindgren's coming off that that tough luck loss uh, in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights. But, hey, the Knights are one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And anybody that saw that game saw one of those saves that he made that was, and I hope this uh, isn't considered sacrilegious, but that one save was a little Holtby-esque, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, the Capitals are used to making big saves against Vegas, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was really th- these last two games were really it's weird. They they had the same result in that you got a point from each, but they felt very differently in that it looked like the Cats were a little bit overmatched against Carolina and were fortunate to walk away with a point. I think they all would have taken that point against Vegas. They were six minutes away from winning that game. And then about two seconds or one second too late for the buzzer beater to to pull it out in regulation. I think that was a game that they felt they should have won. Uh, so there was a little bit more disappointment coming from that game. But given the state of the team with all the players, everyone dropping like flies, to face two of the better teams in the league and to walk away with a point in each game, I, I think you take that at this point. It's early in the season. You're not bleeding points at the, at this point, you know. You're not you're not digging yourself a hole you can't dig out of. So I, I think they will certainly take what they were able to get from Carolina and Vegas. Again, as you said, early in the season, we don't know what's going to happen. But is it possible to ex- extrapolate out this hot start by the goalies if they're able to sustain this level of performance? Does that mean when everybody gets healthy, you can look at this Caps team? in the spring and say, yeah, this is a team that's a, that's capable of, of making a deep run, or you feel a lot better about them making a deep run than you have in the last couple of years? Well, there's really two parts to the answer. One, do they have the goaltending that you feel is capable of making a deep run? The answer to that question is yes. Darcy Kemper won the Stanley Cup last year, and I know everyone looks at how good Colorado was. You don't win a Stanley Cup despite your goaltending. You have to have good goaltending. He was very good. And they have the depth at goaltending with Charlie Lindgren, who has been fantastic as the backup. So they can feel very confident in their goaltending if they are able to get to the spring. The the second part of the question is that it, it presumes that they get healthy. And here's the problem is the guys who are dropping, you know, a Beck Malenstein. Yeah. He's a young guy, 
But a guy like TJ Oshie, a guy like Nicholas Backstrom, a guy like Carl Hagelin, you know, at what point are these guys going to come back and be healthy? Mm. Nicholas Backstrom went through a procedure that uh, pretty much no one has been able to successfully come back from ever. One guy came back for a handful of games and that was it. Uh, I'd be surprised if Carl Hagelin plays again this season. Tom Wilson is youngish, so he may be able to come back and be effective. TJ Oshie's out indefinitely. And he had a lot of injury problems this year. He's 35 years old. I don't know if there's going to be, I, I think he's just at the point in his career where this is who he is. He's gone through a lot of injuries. He's a player who's got a lot of mileage under the hood. He plays a physical game. He plays a tough game. So I don't know if there's a stretch where you can, where he comes back and you're confident that you're going to have him in the lineup for a long stretch of time. So yes, they have the goaltending to make a stretch run. But do they have the help, the health that they're that they're able to will be able to supplement the ranks of that lineup and make a deep run? That part I'm not so sure about. Yeah, irony. Thy name was the Washington Capitals. Speaking of Oshi, <laughs> and and explain this to me and and maybe some listeners who aren't quite as as hip with the nuances of the NHL as as I know you are. When it comes to injuries, all right, TJ Oshie out indefinitely. You know, in the NFL, you go on injured reserve. I, I know there's a long-term injured reserve for the NHL, but when a team says out indefinitely, does that mean a, a day, a week, a month, the entire season, the rest of his career? Where, you know, where do we think, uh, how long do we think Oshie's actually out? Yeah, so indefinitely can, indefinitely can mean a lot of different things. I think what that means is that they are evaluating their options uh, and they, they don't know. And I think it will depend on what routes they decide to go in terms of treatment. Now that doesn't mean that they're deciding between, you know, surgery or non-surgery. That doesn't mean that they're debating whether or not he can try to play through whatever the injury is for the next few months or will be out for the season. I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but what that, tells me is that they're still figuring out their options there and that they are not actually sure. So this could be something where all of a sudden he, you know, Lavulette comes out today and says, Oh, TJ she's actually week to week now. And we right. expect to get him in a few weeks or we get a press release saying that he had surgery and he's out for the next few months. I, I think this is something that they're evaluating and they're, they're still trying to figure out the options because even for hockey, Mm -hmm. uh, indefinitely is pretty vague. <laughs> so it's somewhere, but uh, well, at, at least we can say, I mean, it, he didn't blow out an ACL. Uh, it's not a torn. It's nothing is torn or anything like that, that we know of. Well, I guess, I guess it, something could be torn uh, about the only thing we know is it's somewhere. So it's somewhere between a hangnail and, uh, and a torn ACL, right? Yeah, it's somewhere <laughs> within that spectrum. <laughs> oh, thank God. Well, we really cleared that one up, didn't we? <laughs> Uh, how about how about uh, Ovi's start this year? Uh, it's been a little slow. Is that a big deal, a little deal, or no deal at this point? You know, every time where I start to get worried, he has one of those games where he looks like his, you know, vintage Ovi, and mm -hmm. he he, I, I I'm I go back and forth with it because it has been a slow start. He's had slow starts before, but the problem is every start now, every cold streak comes with the context of him being 37 years old right. and so you just have to ask that question uh oh is this are we seeing the slowdown now i don't know at this point because 
like I said, you know, he has those slow games. He has those games where he doesn't look like he's much of a factor, which is unusual. And then he has the games where he's firing, you know, the one-timer from the office, just like his normal self. And he he's as dynamic as ever. So I, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not worried yet because he still shows the flashes that he is his dynamic self. Um, but what he's able to do in his career is when he has these slow spark, slow points, he then scores in bunches. And all of a sudden he's got six goals in the last, you know, three games and he's, he's shooting lights out. Um, his shooting percentage is a little bit low. So I would expect a, a flurry of goals here in the, the coming weeks. Uh, but if you don't get that, then suddenly you have to ask yourself whether or not he's taking a step back. He's still very good. Clearly, he's still the best goal scorer on this team. So he's not going to fall off a cliff the way we see some players do when they get into their 30s, where all you know they're a 40 goal scorer, then they're a 30 goal scorer, and then all of a sudden they're a seven goal scorer, and it's just you know it, the the rugs pulled out from under him. So I don't think we're there, but. It, it is worth watching to see if he's able to get on one of those hot streaks. And to be fair, I guess you can make the argument he is playing with two new line mates. So he's got to get used to that too. Yeah. The lineup keeps changing mm-hmm. on essentially a nightly basis. And unfortunately it looks like uh, in the spectrum of Kuznetsov between barely noticeable and MVP caliber, it looks like it's a down season so far for him that can change, but it's not, the you know dynamic playmaker Kuznetsov so far that we've seen how about Connor McMichael he's he's one of my favorites um he was in the lineup one night not in the lineup the next night uh and of course you know it took a while for him to make his season debut for a guy that's supposed to be the this team's top prospect uh why is you know why was he I guess um uh subbed uh, by for with uh, Blake Malliston last night yeah so <laughs> The tough thing about top six prospects is that, you know, when you call in a guy like Beck Malenstein, you can plug him into the fourth line and you're not really worried about it. He fits that role. Uh, He'll get limited minutes. He'll get protected minutes just because of the nature of playing in the fourth line. Whereas a guy like Connor McMichael, his game isn't suited for a fourth line role. So if you put him there, it doesn't really help him. Uh, he's not getting enough. He, he's not playing the role that he that you expect him to play in the NHL. At the same time, okay, is he ready for top six minutes? What does that do to your top six? So it's it's difficult. Um, so I, I don't want to say that it's not difficult, but clearly they need to make a decision on this guy. It's not helping anyone for him to be a healthy scratch on most nights. It's not helping anyone for him to play so limited minutes. It's not. I know people would freak out if he goes to Hershey and then think he's a bust, but it's not a bad thing to go to Hershey and get log playing time and, you know, just light it up down there. It certainly would be better for him than just being a healthy scratch. But now with all the injuries, you may be in a position where you have to have him because you have to have him in the lineup. So when, and if this team is able to get healthy and get a full lineup, they need to make a decision and commit to either, putting him in the lineup and playing him a fair amount of minutes so that he can get used to the NHL or sending him to Hershey. And clearly he has some things to learn still. I still don't think he's very He's physical enough. I still don't think he wins enough puck battles. I still don't think he's aware enough of what to do when he doesn't have the puck on his, his stick. Those are things that he can learn and can develop, 
But those are things that he will learn better playing either in the NHL or AHL. So I think they need to make a decision on him. You know, he may benefit from all these injuries because it will get more playing time and more of an opportunity. But when it when it gets you get to the point where you have to make a decision on him, they, they've got to make that decision. You can't keep plugging him into the, the press box every night. Last question for you, JJ. Um, as we go on, let's say through the next month, who are the players that bear watching here to, you know, if, if this team's going to uh, get a spark and catch fire and start playing traditional Capitals hockey? Sure. So, you know, we mentioned the goaltenders. They have to continue playing at the level they're playing to keep this team in it while they're dealing with so many injuries. Uh, we've mentioned Ovechkin. He's the the contention, the playoff window, this entire house of cards falls apart if he's not their top player, if he's not one of the top players in the league. Uh, he's been pretty good so far. He hasn't been as good as we know him. We usually see him. Uh, so watch him to see if he can get on one of those hot streaks. Uh, then I'm looking at a guy like Dmitry Orlov. With John Carlson, his health status up in the air, you need Orlov to be your top defenseman. And he's played great since he's had since he's been elevated there. Uh, I really like how he has played and how he has handled that role. Uh, when Carlson comes back, we've got to see how he plays because I didn't like how he played in the playoffs, and I really didn't like how he started the season. And he he is dependent on so much on that blue line that he's got to be better for this team, you know, defensively and what they want to do in terms of the breakouts and, and building up the offense. Uh, I don't think he has been at the level that they need him to be just yet. So those would be some of the players that I'd be watching for sure. Sounds like a winner. JJ Reagan from NBC sports Washington. JJ is always, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you, my friend. Sure. Anytime. All right, that's going to do it for us. Man, oh, man, it is going to be an interesting next few days. We're going to sit back, we're going to watch it all, and then we'll talk about it on Monday. So have a great weekend. Enjoy it all. Who knows where we're going to be in about 72 to 96 hours. However, wherever we are, remember, like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, wear white.